new on Curiosity Stream. This bear's walking right at me. We'll see if he wants trouble or not. Follow filmmaker Casey Anderson as he gets an unprecedented face-to-face -face look at Alaska's fiercest carnivores on the Tracker's Diary, Bears of Katmai. Plus, why is a tiny island in the Pacific one of America's most crucial outposts? Discover the truth behind this mysterious Trans-Pacific stopover on Extremities Wake Island. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen, and this is show two of the pre-recorded shows while I'm out. I'm doing a batch of these for you guys. So, um, again, this is pre-recorded. There is not a Zoom chat to call in on because I won't be here um, to answer your calls directly. But if you'd like to email me, I still have access to the email. It's H at newheightseducation.org. Today's topic I, I would like to talk about is lead poisoning. Um, the reason I thought about this topic is I know that a lot of you folks out there listening um, have a lot of school-age children, and I wanted to bring this up because it still is a factor um, in childhood growth and a danger to children, and I just wanted to give you some information on it. So <clears throat> lead poisoning, of course, it is hazardous, and it has a wide ranging of effects. Um, so when does it occur to start with? Um, so the most common sources of lead poisoning um, occur when a person is exposed to lead-based paint or dust in older buildings. Um, think of a home uh, renovation or historical site renovation restoration. Um, you'll see a lot of lead-based um, paint, pipes, things like that in those older homes. Um, lead can also be found in the water, um, soil, or even the air. Um, many people don't know they have lead poisoning until the lead is so built up in their system and it's so high that they, you know, start having symptoms. Um, so uh, children below age six are especially vulnerable to lead poisoning. Um, and this has to do with the fact that kids, they get to a stage where they'll pretty much eat anything and they, you know, oh, look, this is shiny. You know, I think I'll put it in my mouth. Well, sometimes that happens if you have an older home. There may be, you know, paint flaking off the walls or something like that. 
um, or, you know, dust in the air. Kids, you know, often play around older homes. Um, <clears throat> so that's those are some things to look out for. So let's look at some symptoms of lead poisoning um, in newborns. And this is um, expo exposed prior to birth through the mother. So actually the mother was exposed to lead poisoning, uh, in, to lead. Um, newborns will have a lower birth weight when they are born and they grow more slowly. They have um, slower birth rate than a similar child of their age. They're going to be smaller and more than likely they're going to be born prematurely. Um, so that's for your newborns. If the mother is exposed, exposed to lead, um, um, in children, like I said, we were talking about this affects children um, most highly. In children, you're going to see a loss of, of appetite, fatigue, um, again, as I mentioned, eating things that aren't food, such as dirt, which is also, it's, it's a syndrome, it's, or an actual illness, it's called PICA, um, which I may actually do an episode on PICA um, a little later, because I think that that in and of itself is interesting. Um, you're, the child may, the child may um, have a developmental delay, um, learning disabilities, that sort of thing. Um, vomiting, they may be irritable, they may have seizures if we're talking about huge amounts of lead in the blood, um, weight loss, and hearing loss. Um, and of course there are a variety of other symptoms out there um, from lead poisoning in children. I again will leave um, links in the show notes so you can find out more about this and what you should do if you think your child has been poisoned. I'm going to take a quick break here. We're going to hear from NAGG and I will be back with you on the other side of the break. Welcome and happy new month to you all. Here are your announcements for the month of May 2021. Happy birthday to the following people. Catherine Balawig, May 3rd. Dean Kim, May 11th. Peter Gordon, May 13th. Alina Sheikh, May 15th. Samrita Balakrishnan, May 18th. Anna Stephanie, May 21st. Joyti Dave, May 24th. Amsatu Bolori, May 26th. Lakshmi Badmanaban, May 28th. Georgia Woodbine, May 30th. Happy anniversary to Alan Yu, May 1st. Leah Sedi, May 4th. Amsatu Bolori, May 5th. Alexandra Oliveira, May 13th. Julia Landy, May 14th. Sapna Shukla, May 16th. Alina Sheikh, May 20th. Meghna Kalapati, May 21st. Sarika Gaba, May 21st. Ron Ann Hong, May 25th. Anagas Ridaran, May 27th. Katie Butchop, May 28th. Charlotte Picardo, May 28th. Mitchell Alwyn, May 28th. Jane Wayne, May 29th. 
Congratulations to Pamela Clark and NHEG volunteers for the latest recognition from Governor Mike DeWine and Governor John Husted for our Save Ohio nomination award. Thank you to Fred Weiner for donating nine photographs on canvas to NHEG walls. Thank you for the continued sponsorship from Silicon Valley High School. Thank you to Start Imagining Birds for sponsoring our magazine. You can check out their products at www.startimaginingbirds.com slash products. Have a great month. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. So we are talking about lead and lead poisoning, and we are going over some symptoms. I went over the symptoms um, in children, both newborns and then older children, last segment. Um, adults, of course, can get lead poisoning too. It's not exclusive to children. If you're an adult and you have lead poisoning, you may experience um, headaches, joint and muscle pain, abdominal pain, um, difficulties with memory or concentration, mood swings, um, if you're a man or um, you may experience a low sperm count or abnormal sp sperm if if you're if you're a male um, if you're female risk of stillborn birth miscarriage or premature uh, premature birth um, again pregnant women we talked a little bit about that earlier and you may have high blood pressure so let's talk about where lead comes from, what it's used for, and what the status is of lead and lead poisoning now. Um, so lead can be found in manufacturing. Again, it is, it is an earth element, so um, it is naturally within the earth. Um, <clears throat> it's within the earth's crust, but we do also use it, we, we refine it and use it in different things as well. So as I mentioned, a lead is normally found within the Earth's, Earth's crust, but human activities such as mining and drilling for oil has made the element more prevalent above ground. Additionally, lead can be found in shelf-stable canned food, um, houses with lead-based paint, older children's toys, and household furniture. Um, lead has been banned in the United States since 1978. Um, most instances of lead poisoning in children happen when a child eats chips of lead-based paint. Um, additional sources of lead exposure um, are, and I'll get to those in a moment, I just wanted to make a note of the fact that the United States has banned um, using lead in products it has been banned since 1978, like I said. Um, not all countries have banned lead. There are other countries that do still use lead in their products for various reasons. Um, so be aware if you are getting food or something from another country, um, be aware that you know lead in your food, like in a canned food, is, is possible. Um, other methods of, of having lead exposure, um, lead was used in cosmetics. Um, interestingly enough, that was something I did not know. Um, pipes in older houses, um, lead solder was used 
to put those together. So when they were putting the house together, they, they fit the pipes together and then they solder them. That was, um, that was used with, it was a lead product and it was used to, um, connect pipes. So, um, there is some instance of lead in the pipes themselves. Um, children's toys, as I mentioned previously, um, older, um, toys may contain lead. Um, <clears throat> at least those things, um, before 1978 in the United States, um, and of course, certain occupations lend themselves to possibly getting lead poisoning, um, such as pipe fitting, for example, that's obvious, auto repair, mining, battery making, painting, and construction. Um, these are all um, professions where you have a higher rate of exposure to lead. So again, be careful. Um, <clears throat> So I'm going to take another quick break to hear from our sponsor, Silicon Valley High School. And I'll be back with you on the other side of the break, and we will talk about risk factors for lead poisoning. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. So today we're talking about lead poisoning. We've had two segments on it so far. Um, if you've missed any of those earlier segments in this episode, um, this episode will be uploaded on our webpage, which is newheightseducation.org, and you'll be able to listen uh, to it from there. So if you think you've missed anything, don't worry, it will be um, uploaded. So what are some risk factors for contracting lead poisoning? Um, of course, we've been talking about a person's age, um, children are more likely to be exposed simply because they're into everything. Um, they tend to like eat, eat paints and things like that that may have lead in it. Um, or the child is, is handling another lead-based product. Like I mentioned, some children's toys are actually have actually have lead in them. These are the older toys. Um, but again, be careful. Additionally, children tend to absorb lead more quickly um, versus adults. So when they do ingest lead or, you know, touch lead, they do tend to absorb it much more quickly than an adult would. Um, so some other things that might lend, uh, lead to lead poisoning, um, living in or renovating an older home. Again, we've talked about this before. Um, older homes they can have lead in the paint uh, lead connecting the pipes within the walls um, and again they have you know it, it's basically 
depending on what the age of your home is and um, what you know about the home. You know, the home could have been re renovated before and thus they cleaned all the lead out of, out of there or not. It depends. You, you really do need to do your research when searching for a home. Um, <clears throat> any home built before 1978 may have lead paint or other lead-based products uh, built into the home. Again, 1978 is when lead usage, usage of lead in products was banned by the United States. Um, some hobbies, you can actually get this lead poisoning from a few hobbies, um, especially making stained glass or um, certain kinds of jewelry. Um, these can involve uh, using um, lead-based solder, much like the pipes I was talking about earlier. Um, living in a developing country, again, we talked about, um, although the United States has banned lead, there are other countries have different rules and regulations that you need to follow. Um, so again, always be cautious, make sure you know um, what the standards are for the country you're entering and what to expect. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take another short break here, and after that we'll talk about complications from lead poisoning prevention and a few other things. Hello listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store at new-heights-educational-group.myshopify.com. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen, and in this pre-recorded show, we've been talking about lead, lead and lead poisoning. Um, we've talked about some of the symptoms of lead poisoning, where you can find lead, um, a little bit about um, the history of you know lead um, lead production, as far as what it what. Um, manufacturing do, does with lead and um, the fact that it was banned by the United States in 1978. Um, so how do you prevent lead exposure to lead and lead poisoning itself? Um, taking your shoes off before entering the home can prevent lead-based soil um, in carpets. Again, tracking dust and um, dirt with lead in it into your home so it's best to just you know take your shoes off before entering your home um <clears throat> pediatricians oh excuse me running cold water for at least one minute if using old pipes and faucets um always and don't make baby formula or other things you're intending to give your your child if you have old pipes and you know that there may be a risk of lead poisoning, um, wash your hands and your children's toys and make sure your home is checked for lead, especially again if it's an older home. Um, 
there are um, a lot of items that can contain lead, so it's a good idea to get checked, um, especially if you have an older home. So what what happens, what do you do um, when you're diagnosed with lead poisoning and what's the overall treatment for it? Um, so the first thing, um, doctors can order a blood test to check for lead in the blood. That's the, pretty, that's the most typical way to find out. Um, pediatricians may do this on a regular basis for children who may have been exposed. So um, if you're exposed once as a child, your pediatrician may want the child to come in um, and get tested on a regular basis just to make sure that those lead levels are um, non-hazardous or, you know, decreasing. Um, there, is, there is no safe level of lead in the bloodstream. Really, we shouldn't be having lead in our bloodstreams. Um, but moving items that may contain lead can reduce the level of lead in the system. Um, again, if your home contains lead-based paint, there are ways of sealing it that can prevent exposure. So if um, your entire house was painted in, I don't know, the 40s, and you're finding out, oh no, there's lead in the paint, what, what do I do? Um, instead of repainting the whole house and having that done, and which can get kind of expensive, um, there are ways of sealing um, that wall or that house so the lead-based paint is not toxic. Um, high levels of lead in the bloodstream require treatment, of course, usually involving specific medications. Um, there are two ways that this medication is administered. It can be delivered inject by injection or orally. Um, generally, people, doctors try the oral version first, um, and then they go to the injection. It's the same medication. Um, then they go to the injection if, for some reason, you can't handle the oral medication. Um, a lot of kids don't like taking uh, pills, so um, there may be that way a need for injection for a child. Um, <clears throat> what these medications do is they bind themselves to lead, basically, in your bloodstream and allow it to be passed through urine elimination. So basically, it, um, it sticks to the lead and you go to the bathroom, clear, and it goes out with your urine. Um, and again, I'll leave resources in the show notes um, if you'd like to do any more in-depth research on this. So I hope you did find this episode helpful and informative. Um, I'll see you next week with another pre-recorded episode. Um, once again, if you have any questions or want me to cover a topic that I haven't yet, please uh, shoot me an email at Erica H, Erica with a K, at newheightseducation.org. I hope everyone had a safe and happy holiday and a good week coming up, for, uh, coming up here. Have a great week. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.
at One Day University. We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com.